Hello and welcome to Are You a Weezer Fan? As always, I'm John here with Bill. There's a Teal album? Show that brings you the chronological story of Weezer history, music, and lore. Bill, what are we doing today? We're on the road again, John. We're taking Pinkerton out and uh, touring the world. All right, yeah, let's, uh, so we're back touring episode three of the Pinkerton chapter on the road with Weezer. Uh, Bill, this Pinkerton tour is another fucking huge one. It is. It's massive. Um, and it is less chaotic um, in some some takes than the Blue Tour was, but some major things start to happen during this tour. Yeah. Uh, the Pinkerton tour, for a lot of different reasons, is a big one. Um I think we just need to jump into it, Bill. Um, yeah, I think so. The, the The tour overall is a lot more structured. So unlike the blue tour, we don't need to be like jumping back and forth between continents constantly and a million opening bands. This one seems like it was built a lot better, maybe because the label had faith in them at this point. So they were like, cool, we're sticking you with these bands. We're sending you to these continents and you're going to be straightforward on tour. Yeah, uh, so it was, you know, still a lot. It was 140 shows uh, in 96 and 97, and they didn't even really start until August of 96, it seems. Yeah, no, it's pretty much exactly a year of touring with 140 shows, so that's more than a show. Every three days. Yeah, one show every three days. Like, more than that. That's absolutely insane. Um, Okay, and so we start even... In August of 96, they're doing a European leg uh, before Pinkerton even drops. Yeah, but that is the start of the uh, touring cycle for Pinkerton. They knock out a good handful of European dates, get a lot of festivals in. Now, is this when they play that Reading Festival that they uh, filmed the... uh, Carl got the video footage for Pink Triangle from? Is that correct? I do believe that would have been during this time. Okay. Um, But yeah, so August of 96, they're in... The UK and a lot of European festivals. Uh, they come back to the US in September of 96, right before Pinkerton drops, actually. Yeah, well, they come out to do a, a release show for Pinkerton. They uh, play in the parking lot of Tower Records. Yeah, where uh, Rivers used to work, you'll remember, um, after coming to LA and uh, Avant Garde splits up, well, Zoom at that point, um, <laughs> and he's working at a record store. So when Pinkerton drops, um, they decide that the parking lot is going to be the best place to do this release show. And I think that's fucking awesome. I wonder if that felt good for him. Just like, yeah, I used to come here every day to work and now come in here to work. Yeah, that's cool as hell. Uh, then they play another couple club dates at uh, Whiskey A Go Go. Yeah, I believe these are considered the release show, release release shows, because I think right. the Tower Records was kind of a free, uh, kind of maybe like a daytime thing. Sun's yeah. still up. Yeah. Well, we know it's daytime because uh, they use one of those pictures for the single of not Pink Triangle. One of the singles off of Pinkerton is a picture taken from that show. Oh yes. Okay. Um. So yeah. And then a couple of those dates at Whiskey A Go-Go, that would be late September. Um, and then in October, they start to leave for their world tour. They're going to hit some Australia dates, and they're going to hit some Japan dates. Yeah, and I think it's their first time in Australia, but it's definitely River's first time in Japan. And okay. he is very excited to go to Japan. Yeah, he has a lot of fun out there. Um, their Japanese tours have been you know, kind of big deals for them ever since. And we'll definitely get back into some of those. Um, oh, yeah. That's spoiler. But, yeah, um, 
they hit that leg, and then they come back in November uh, to start the U.S. leg of the 96 tour. Um, and what? They've got support from Super Drag, Placebo, and Ash for this leg. Yeah, and I think we're going to dive into Placebo a little bit later, but uh, not too much from these bands that I saw. Nothing like really sticks out as crazy, so we're just going to kind of breeze through this one. Um, but they do that to that stretch until the year ends. So that all of that were already just four months at the end of 1996. Okay, um, and I should actually clarify. So in November, this is going to start the North American leg, not just U.S., because uh, ah, they make yes. it up to Canada. And things get weird. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so. this is the end of the 96 cycle, right? This right. North American leg. Um, and they have a TV appearance that we have to hit on. Because when they're in Canada, November 22nd of 96, uh, Rivers, Matt Sharp, and Brian Bell appear on Much Music Canada. Yeah, it's um, the only... As far as I can tell, only televised performance they did. Like we talked about on Blue, they did three late night appearances. Mm-hmm. None of that for the for Pinkerton. Yeah, no, I'm showing they don't start getting back to the late night circuit until 2001 to promote Green. Um, yeah, so they show up to Much Music with uh, two acoustic guitars. They they didn't even give uh, Matt Sharp an acoustic bass, so maybe that's why Patrick Wilson just stayed back at the hotel. Or maybe he stayed back at the hotel because he just wasn't having it. Wasn't that why he missed the VMAs? Just because he oh, yeah, wasn't yeah, feeling the, it? Uh, yeah, the official uh, wheezing of the uh, month after the performance uh, or after the acceptance at the VMAs is that just didn't feel like going. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's an interesting thing because it, to me it's indicative of Weezer's not in a good headspace right now. Yeah, then it really shows during this much music interview. It's it is a wild time. Yeah. So I, I mean, first we got a knockout. This is not a great interviewer. This is not a great room for this to be happening. There is a a phone that just keeps fucking ringing that nobody picks up for some reason just to shut it up. Um, the questions are bad uh the responses from the band are really iffy the responses are what's interesting because matt matt sharp keeps giving responses that he it seems like he hates playing music at this point yeah um and then rivers on the other end seems like he hates touring or something like he definitely is talking about not loving the rock star life and poor Brian Bell's just on the other side of this interview. He's fighting for his life, fighting man. For his, he's uh, he like, just wants to play guitar for a living. Like, I love playing music, and I want to play music for the rest of my life. And then Matt Sharp will be like, ah, music's stupid. Yeah, I think this, uh, I mean, Matt literally says at one point, like, oh, I think this whole rock thing is just kind of a big joke, you know? Like, um, he, he makes fun of Robert Plant. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's really, really odd. Um and they've still got like a hundred shows left to play. Yeah. Again, this was just three to four months into uh, this world tour for Pinkerton. And we're seeing we're seeing cracks or unless something was going on that day, unless they were just having an off day. But it, it really feels like there's 
different views on where people want this music to go. And I mean, the fact of the matter is they are touring an album that has commercially flopped and that's true is somewhat a lot like it's it's getting panned yeah no we're four months in so all of the critiques have come out the sales numbers are showing that it's not going to do what blue did and uh, they're feeling that so that's part of it for sure yeah um and maybe just it's the how all three of them are coping with this because brian bell didn't write blue he didn't record on blue this is the first album he recorded on and he seems really proud of it yeah and he just seems to want to be in this band and he's like he seems to be the only one at least at this performance that's like being a good ambassador for Weezer of just like, yeah, this is our band that makes <laughs> yeah. stuff that we're proud of and we want to continue to do that. Yeah, because Rivers is already on his backtracking phase and oh, Matt, Matt's just acting weird. Yeah. Um, and we know that, you know, during the Pinkerton recording cycle, Matt was working um, on his side project, The Rentals. Yeah, he does seem to enjoy the rentals he has missed a couple things because he was out doing rentals performances and that's not gonna stop yeah um they do a couple more small tv things this is actually a little bit earlier they're in australia there's a couple bad interviews like one at a festival one on a tv show um i'm just confused why weezerpedia needed to say like infamously bad they're they're not great but no but it's exactly what i expect expect out of like a first year music reporter going to a festival from a low budget Australian television station. Oh, the festival interview is kind of cute because the, uh, the interviewer after just getting nothing from rivers mentions comic books and rivers like perks up and he gets really stoked and they start talking about like indie comics in the nineties. And it's really, really cool. It does make you, it did remind me that rivers is a nerd at heart. Mm hmm. And that where that is where our nerdcore rock is coming from. All right. Well, Bill, should we jump into '97? Yeah, let's get back to the second half of this tour. All right, let's do it. All right. So '97, Bill starts with just more U.S. touring. Yeah, um, we uh, it's all of January, pretty much starts on the ninth. Uh, we got Nerf Herder opening. Okay. Um, who? You might remember has a member from Avant Garde in it. Oh God! Um, yeah, uh, actually, not at this time though. Justin true. Fisher doesn't join until later. Um, but so, yeah, Nerf Herder yeah, uh, supporting this. Kind of have our suspicions that maybe uh, this introduced them to each other. Yes, um, but then, so Bill, we said that they played 140 shows over a year, which is more than one show every three days yeah, but i'm also showing they took like four months off between the end of january and the end of may oh christ oh christ right <laughs> rivers goes back to fucking harvard that is insane insane so yeah we take a four month break well, um so rivers can go back to school man i guess it makes sense looking at the north american tour with nerf herder there is one day off nope two days off that is nuts it's like 16 straight dates okay yeah and they are just blasting through what they do some east coast and then end up in the midwest and then rivers goes to boston um well one of the one of the reasons you remembered that we had this break is because of that uh, little story he told 
about opening for No Doubt and Nobody Believe It or the Conan interview, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I believe that was the Conan podcast. Um, Rivers was saying when he was at Harvard, you know, had kind of had long hair and a beard and was walking with a cane because of the knee, knee surgery and people didn't really know who he was. Oh, right. And it was the like... Oh, you're in a band? That's cute. What are what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, uh, what are you what are you doing this summer? Oh, I think uh, I'm going on tour with No Doubt, and it's just like, oh, cool. You like a roadie or something? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just yeah. like, oh no, I'm I'm the front man of Weezer. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm Rivers Cuomo, the front man of Weezer. Weezer. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. Importantly, during this semester, uh, he meets a man by the name of Mikey Welsh. More on that later. Um, but yeah, Mikey Welsh pops up in spring of 97. Uh, but then in May of 97, they go on a big old North American tour, uh, opening for no doubt. Yeah. That's one of the most nineties things you could ask for. Weezer opening for no doubt. Yeah. Um, Ooh, is this Weezer's first Red Rocks show? Uh, we're, we're Colorado people. Oh, that'd be um, interesting. I, can't imagine they played Red Rocks before that. Right? So, yeah. Uh, opening for No Doubt. We'll uh, correct that on the bullshit if we're wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to check that out for sure. Uh, they So, what? They're opening for No Doubt from May to July of 97. Yeah, about two or three months. And then we're back to a headlining stretch with uh, the Pulsars. Okay. Um, and the Pulsars, we couldn't even find on Spotify. Um so yeah might have been a quick flash in the pan but um things are about to take a turn john anybody who knows some weezer history knows that this was approaching and coming yeah um the last leg of the north american tour uh for pinkerton they play a show in denver colorado at the ogden theater uh july 8th 1997 um, and on this leg of the tour, um, heads of the fan club, Michael and Carly Allen, were touring with them a bit. And they also had their sister, Trista, with them at this show. Yeah. So at the end of this Ogden show, um, it apparently became kind of a ritual. Uh, Michael and Carly would tell other Weezer fans, like, hey, go meet up by the van and we'll, you know, see the band when they come out. Rivers did some acoustic songs outside of the bus. And the last song he played to them and to the crowd was Michael and Carly. And then they said they would meet them at the next show in Utah, which is Michael and Carly's home. Um, and unfortunately, that evening, uh, the three sisters died in a car crash in between Colorado and Utah. Yeah, Michael, Carly, and Trista, something happened in the mountains. There aren't details, but they all died in a car crash. The band made it to Utah, and we're expecting to see them, and they never showed up, and they were getting a little worried, but they figured they were late. Or so. It's the 90s. There's no quick contact, so maybe they had car troubles. They played the show, but once they finished the show and the girls still weren't there, they did start to get very worried. Uh, their mom was already in a panic pretty quickly, so the cops were already on it. She was Apparently, the mom had to call each individual like sheriff's department for highway control to see like if there was any reported accidents mm. and oh god damn dude <laughs> it is heartbreaking because even through this whole pinkerton cycle michael and carly were putting out a uh, quarterly fanzine mailing them to everybody 
making these little groups. They started to follow these Weezer tours, not so much just to see Weezer play anymore because they'd seen it so much, but to meet the people, like meet the fans, mm-hmm. make these meetup groups happen, make a community out of it. And yeah, that was the last time that they saw a Weezer show. Yeah. Um, it, it's a damn shame. There's just nothing more to say about that. Yeah. Um, July 14th was the funeral. Uh, Michael and Carly were Mormon, so it was held at a Mormon temple, and Weezer attended. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, in some interviews, or no, it wasn't an interview. It was Michael and Carly's mom talking in an interview that I heard, and apparently uh, Michael and Carly would joke with the members of Weezer about what Mormon funerals were like and how there are potatoes served. And they talked to their Michael and Carly and Trista's mom, and were like, wow, we actually... The funeral potatoes are real. You're just like, fuck. <laughs> My heart. God damn. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, probably the sadder, uh, the saddest thing that we're going to get to in the uh, ultimate timeline of Weezer. Yeah, I think it really is. There are more deaths. There's more breakups, but this one just really hits. Yeah. Um, and it impacted a lot more than just Weezer. Yeah. Um, these girls in the amazing work that they were doing for Weezer, like they were most prominently known as like the Weezer fan club heads. Um, but they, they were staples of the music community uh, in LA and really kind of all across the Southwest in the early nineties, mm-hmm. um, you know, early to mid nineties, giving bands places to stay when they're on tour uh, just really promoting good rock and roll. Yeah, just um, music. Yeah, and the community sorely misses them. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know if it was, I don't want to call it good timing, but from the looks of it, Weezer didn't have to cancel shows. They did have dates off to attend the funeral, and they pushed on. They played the final about 10 shows of the North American leg and they had uh, already booked uh, more Japan shows. Yep. And then a Thailand and Taiwan as well. Just a short uh, Japanese Asian leg. Yeah. And so the same month this happens, they fly over to Japan, knock out Japan, Southeast Asia, have a stop in Hawaii for one more show to split up that flight. And then during somehow during all this time, I'd like to know the details of how it got booked. But on August 15th, they played a tribute show to Michael and Carly. Yeah. Um, so it was a tribute show that, I mean, yeah, we need more details about how it was set up, who yeah. was really driving this it. Was, it. It was for the, you know, it helped with funeral costs and, you know, just the family needed help in general. Yeah. Um, just over a month after they passed. And um, a band called Black Market Flowers reunited to play the show. I believe it was just a one off. And our friends in That Dog, this was their final show. Um, yeah, before they went on a very long hiatus. They did get back at some point. but um, Yeah, uh, their father gave a speech at the show. Um, that was uh, pretty much started the encore. The band, Weezer finished playing. Dad came out, gave a speech. Um, and then Rivers acoustically did Michael and Carly. And this entire Weezer set is available on YouTube. So you can see the entire show. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
And that show actually spawned a continuation. There was a Michael and Carly tribute album um, that came out in 98, I believe it was. Oh, yeah. We might just have to do a whole little side episode on that. Uh, Yeah. Look for a lot more of that on the follow-up episode. I mean, I think we just talk about that on the next episode, the uh, bullshit wrap-up. So, yeah. Um, So, this tragedy kind of... It didn't bring Weezer to an immediate halt. There wasn't a full stop, push on the brakes, like end everything. But this put Weezer in a weird place. It did. This Um, is the start of the hiatus that we're about to get. And uh, we didn't know it at the time, but this tribute show would be Matt Sharp's last show playing bass for Weezer. Yeah. The cracks that we were talking about that we saw during the interviews were, were more than just cracks at a certain point. And that was the last time that Matt would play. But even before uh, Matt left rivers started playing uh, songs for the rivers Cuomo band. What the hell's the rivers Cuomo? Band? <laughs> uh, it really just seems like him fleshing out potential future Weezer stuff at clubs around Harvard. Yeah, it was kind of just a way for him to start trying out songs with a band. But again, these cracks are showing, so I think he didn't want to have his full band there, maybe taking it back to... I mean, he wrote Pinkerton mostly by himself, so maybe he wanted those vibes still, but um, he still had a little band with him, and he had a bass player. Yeah. um, Mikey Welsh, who we had met in during the spring semester, um, he's going to play bass. Um, yeah. At two shows, looks like end of September and beginning of October um, in 97 in the Boston area. Yeah, so uh, Mikey Welsh was playing bass for uh, a musician called Juliana Hatfield. And uh, she was kind of friends with uh, other bands. She made friends with Mighty Mighty Bostones who uh, talked to Weezer at some point, because he's in Boston, they're in Boston. Uh, Bostones specifically tell Rivers that they should meet up with uh, Hatfield's bass player, Mikey Welsh. And just so happened to be after a concert one night that everybody was attending, uh, they were hanging out in a diner. Rivers Cuomo walks into the diner. Mikey Welsh is whispering to his friends, oh shit, guys, that's Rivers Cuomo. Like, I really like Weezer. That's, That's really cool. He's right here. Don't look, don't look, don't look. Oh, wait. Look, and when they look, Rivers is walking right up to him, <laughs> and he goes, "You're that bass player, Mikey, aren't you?" And he's like, "Holy shit, yeah." <laughs> and then they're like, "Well, we should play some music together sometime." And what actually comes of this is Mikey Welsh joins uh, speci- Pat Wilson's yeah. "The Special Goodness." Yeah, that's the one he pops in at. Um, so he's th- they're hanging out, they're jamming, they're doing stuff, um, and. When Rivers is doing a couple of these shows, he hits him up to play him. Um, and then there is one more uh, Rivers Cuomo Rivers band. Cuomo band show, and but Mikey's not playing that one. Yeah, but Patrick is. Uh, Patrick is yes. Um, but then it, it was January of 1998, as Mikey Welsh puts it, that he was called to come out and actually play with you know as in a, a audition for Weezer 
Yeah, so uh, uh, the exact dates were really hard to pinpoint, but we're going to mark 1998 as the end of Matt Sharp as bass player in Weezer and the beginning of Mikey. Yeah, so then was the decision made beforehand, um, like before the tribute show in August, had Matt already kind of said, this is the last thing I'm going to do with Weezer. Once we're done with this, I'm done. Um, Maybe. I we mean, don't know. Yeah, I could see the the uh, deaths of Michael and Carly really shaking some of them and just being like, okay, things need to change. Because if I remember correctly, like the girls loved the band and they were all tight, but like they were particularly good friends and close with Matt. Am I wrong about that? Am I misremembering? Um. Oh yeah, they lived next to one of the. Was it Matt? They lived next to, or was it know. Brian? Shit. This is your. Oh, it might highly, have been Brian. This is your highly researched Weezer podcast. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. We read so much, and there's still so much more we miss. Well, I mean, they were really close to everybody in the band, is the thing. Like, yeah. they, uh, god damn, uh, whose wedding did they go to? Jason's. Jason Cropper's wedding. Yeah, they went to Jason Cropper's wedding. Like, they were very close with all these people, and then they're just gone all of a sudden. So, uh, yeah, it happened at some point during those four months. Okay. Um, but, yeah. But Mikey is officially in. He's in Weezer, but what is Weezer at this point? I mean, they're definitely a band that people are expecting to get back to the studio after a sophomore slump album. You'd think, and you'd think maybe with a new person they'd want to play some shows, but there's no Weezer concerts played in 1998 or 1999. But we do get some goat punishment. Some what? You know, Weezer's alias, goat punishment. Some what? <laughs> uh, so starting in 1998, uh, Weezer, as we know them, uh, they play a couple club dates in 98, uh, both in November. We don't know the exact dates, but they say November of 98. Uh, they are opening for a band called Other Star People. Um, yeah, so this first show goes down. It is Rivers Cuomo, Brian Bell, Mikey Welsh, who were now established as a member, and a drummer named Todd Phillips. Oh, yeah, and he's just filling in. Like, Pat, Pat, Pat is still our drummer. Yes, he, he didn't quit. He's just, like, out of town or something. Uh, but Todd Phillips was a Juliana Hatfield's drummer, so Mikey brought him along. But okay. Maybe uh, maybe Pat was doing rentals. Okay. Um. Yeah, and maybe one of the reasons that... Uh, they didn't call themselves Weezer for this show is because they didn't play any Weezer music at either of these shows. <laughs> That's right? true. So this first one, they played nothing but Nirvana songs. Okay. And then the second one was Oasis covers. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't like Oasis. Uh, neither do I really, but I don't like Nirvana. either way, these are kind of the first, I mean, are these the first official Mikey Welsh Weezer shows? Some of the resources even say those river quote rivers Cuomo bands are kind of the first Mikey Weezer show. I would say so. Um, but yeah, it is considered that the tribute shows, Matt's lasts, and Goat Punishment's shows are his first. A uh, funny little story is the uh, the first Goat Punishment show uh, was okayly attended. Like, not poorly, but not that many people showed up. Mm-hmm. Second one, everybody found out it was Weezer. 
Yeah, the word got out pretty quickly. Uh, uh, police cops showed up. <laughs> police were called and reduced the crowd down to 40 people because this was like, if not a cafe, just a small bar. And uh, so Weezer's still popular is, I think, the takeaway from that. Yeah, Weezer still draws. Um, I mean, because I think we're going to hit on this a lot more in the next episode, but um, even though Pinkerton was somewhat of a commercial failure and a little bit of critically mixed, there are definitely still fans and also still uh, members of the music community that vehemently defend this album, even right now in 1998. Yeah, Um, Yeah, there are emo as we know it, the second wave of emo is latching on to Pinkerton. Like it's, it's not, it's not a lie to say that Pinkerton shaped emo music as we know it now. Like it seems like you could just toss that out there, but oh yeah, a lot of these bands uh, talk about how much Pinkerton shaped how they view music. Jimmy World is listening right now. Yes, and Jimmy World is coming in our, in our next chapter, one hundred percent. Um, okay, and then Weezer goes quiet again. They go quiet for a few years. Um. I don't know how we're going to really fill out history for these next ones. I'm sure Carl has us covered, but there's no releases. There's no shows for two years. And Rivers isn't even at Harvard. Like the spring 97 semester is the last one he does. That is fascinating. Right. Because he's on 140 plus, not 10 month touring schedule and he crams in a semester there. And then his band just takes a break and he doesn't do anything? Like, 94 to the end of 97, he does not stop working on anything. And we really go back even further. Like, 92 oh, to yeah. the, the end of 97 is nonstop Weezer. And then in 98, he plays three shows with Mikey Welsh and... Uh, Two, I mean, there were two Go Punishment shows with Mikey Welsh, and then the January show without him as the Rivers Cuomo band, and we see no Weezer until two thousand one. Maybe that's the burnout. Maybe it caught up to him. These are, yeah, I think these are questions that we'll flesh out during our Green Saga. Oh man, we have so much more Weezer research to do. <laughs> It never stops. All right. This is our well, life now, people. Hey, let's uh, let's let's chill out our brains. Let's listen to some music, John. Okay, yeah, uh, we got some tunes coming up for you. Um, I mean, we just wanted to listen today. I mean, these touring episodes, we're going to be listening to the bands that they toured with. Uh, they opened for no doubt. They played Red Rocks for what we believe is their first time. Uh, we have to listen to some No Doubt. We wanted to listen to some Nerf Herder today because we've got Justin Fisher of Avant-Garde <laughs> uh, and Zoom. Um, and, you know, he toured the rentals for a bit. So, yeah, we're going to listen to some Nerf Herder. Uh, and then Placebo, another band that was uh, on these tours. Yeah. And, and we wanted to bring them in uh, because mostly just they had an interesting note on their Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, right, right. Uh, Quote, Feud with Limp Biscuit. Um, so yeah, let, let's jump into some twos, Bill. Uh, no doubt. What do you want to? What do you want to hear from No Doubt? Well, we should probably grab something from '97. What Debbie Tragic Kingdom? Yeah. Am, am I correct in guessing I that? I believe so. Or that one might have been '98. 
95. Wow. Oh, Christ. We are not a No Doubt History podcast. Aren't you a Ska fan, Bill? How uh, do you not know this? No Doubt didn't play Ska since like 1995. <laughs> uh, well, Re- Return of Saturn didn't come out till 2000, so I guess we're listening to something off Tragic Kingdom. Okay. Should we just do uh, Spiderwebs? I absolutely think that we should listen to Spiderwebs. Hell yeah. Let's hit it. All right, so I uh, love No uh, Doubt before I realized they were Ska. Um, I, th- that ripped. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I gotta, we got to talk about this first. 503, service unavailable. Did we just break Weezerpedia, John? <laughs> this has happened while we were listening to No Doubt. Uh, Weezerpedia crashed. Yeah, I think... Did, uh, did we have too many tabs open? I think the fact that we had two computers with likely 18 different tabs of Weezerpedia open at once. Um, Carl, if you need money for servers, like people will donate. I'll donate. I'll <laughs> I, donate. I, I donate yeah, to Wikipedia. Absolutely. I'll donate to Weezerpedia. <laughs> I use it more now. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that was just really funny to me and I couldn't stop. Yeah. Okay. We, <laughs> we, we broke Weezerpedia live on I, air. I thought my computer stopped working. No, no. My Mine also can't can't get any Weezerpedia, so don't refresh. Like I got I got the tabs that I got, but my Mikey Wells tab is gone. Well, good thing we we're done with Weezer, and we're talking about no doubt. Uh, that was fun. I like that song. Yeah, it's um very uh, third wave ska. Is you just have a little bit of ska. Yep, and the rest is just either rock or pop punk. Uh, but yeah, the reggae intros, the ska intro and outro are awesome. I love it. Kind of, kind of reminds me of the Police Third Wave ska. Okay, just like those little hints of reggae, but it's just a rock song. I also really like the kind of false outro they give you, um, yeah. where they give you kind of a rock and roll ending, and then they bring it back with the horns just for oh, another yeah. little refrain. It's kind of, it's, it's good. I like that one. Yeah. It looks um, like that was uh, the closer for the tour that Weezer was on. Okay, yeah, that adds up. That's uh, track one on Tragic Kingdom. What an album out of 1995 um i'm more of a 2001 rock steady guy when it comes to my no doubt um gwen stefani in 01 was definitely one of my childhood crushes when i was like eight <laughs> years old um so yeah sexy band all around uh yeah no that's a good looking group of people at no doubt yeah <laughs> no doubt <sighs> um that's that's cited to me as somebody that I know. They, they say it's it's the worst band name of all time. Where do you stand on that? No doubt. Yeah, they they hate it. They're just like no doubt. Like it's it's the worst. I'm just like I don't, no, I don't that's, know. That's um, stupid. That's a pretty good band name. It's the same thing with what Dave Grohl hates Foo Fighters. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't get it. I I don't get it either. Um, I'm with you there. All right, Bill, what do we got next? Um, we want to listen to some Nerf Herder, right? Yeah, let's do Nerf Herder. Um, so we're not going to listen to a 90s song from Nerf Herder that they would have been playing while they were touring with Weezer because Nerf Herder in 2016 wrote a song about being on tour with Weezer during this exact tour that we just talked about. Okay, so we're breaking chronology to go 20 years ahead, but only because it's telling the story. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard the song. I nor have I. This is a first I, listen for me as well. I flipped through the lyrics and I was like, I think we have to cover this. So uh, probably pull up a lyric page while we do this, John, and you at home if you want to read them. 
All right, but yeah, we got Nerf Herder. Um, and uh, Nerf Herder again, we had Justin Fisher in Nerf Herder for a bit. Yes, he joined right after um, this Weezer tour, pretty much. So that's why we think there might have been a connection there. They uh, lost their bass player pretty much when they stopped this, when they stopped touring with Weezer. Uh, Justin hopped in and then he hopped out pretty quick too. He was only there a couple years. Okay. Uh, but either way, we got Nerf Herders 2016 song. We opened for Weezer. Well, that was just fun. We didn't even need to do the episode. Yeah, we could have <laughs> just played that uploaded song. Uploaded that song, called it a day. Um, yeah, that was fun. So to everyone that's still here with us, we apologize for the 41 minutes that happened before that song played. Yeah, we, we wasted um, your time. <laughs> we wasted your time because Nerf Herder just told the story of at least one leg of the Pinkerton tour uh, pretty goddamn well. Yeah, that was fun. That uh, was fun. Uh, I think you... You said kind of bowling for soupish, and that that is, I think, what Nerf Herder usually is like more of a bowling for soup punk or screeching weasel type punk. Just, okay, you know, poppy alt rock punk. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, lyrically, definitely just check that one out yourself. Um, definitely just about their leg, but it hits on everything. It hits on Carl. It hits on Michael and Carly. It <laughs> Back hits when on, Matt Sharp was still in the band. Uh, yeah. Uh, how it got panned by Rolling Stone and the guy from Rolling Stone was wrong about <laughs> Weezer. Um, yeah, that, that was, that was really cute. That was really fun. Um, wow. Cool. I don't know. Let's listen to some, uh, sad boy shit now. Uh, yeah. So what, what do we got? We got uh placebo. Um, what did, what did you want to listen to today from them? Um, what was that one song that we already hit play on before we started recording? Uh, yeah. So that was every you, every me. It came off their 98 album. Uh, so they reasonably could have been playing some of these songs during the 97 tour, or we could go back to what they did have a self titled in 96. If you want to hit something from that. Um, is any of their most popular songs off of that? No, none of the top played on Spotify are off of the 96. Their mm-hmm. number one song is from the 98. Ah, give me that number one. All okay. right. Let's go Every You, Every Me by Placebo. I think that kind of rips. Yeah, that was not bad at all. Um, reminiscent to me of the band that comes much later, the Silver Sun Pickups, um, at least in the vocal styling. Yeah, I mean, and if we're talking uh, second wave British British Invasion, like I like it way better than Oasis, and I might like it a bit better than most Blur. Is this band British? Where are they from? Yes, London. Okay, well. Um, yeah, no, I think I would put that above Blur. Um Huh. Not above song two, though. Song two is really good. Yeah, but song one and then three through 99 weren't that great. Uh, good job, John. Good job. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Bill, that's that's the touring episode. Uh, I mean, what else we got for 
this chapter? I think, well, we'll probably hit on it next episode, but just really taking in that we are in a weird place. Weezer went out of their way to get a new bass player to do nothing. Yeah, to do nothing for a couple of years, seemingly. And um, since, since we're going chronologically, we're with we're we're trying to take it in at the time, not knowing what's about to happen. Right. Are so they we're going to leave on this massive cliffhanger? Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, are they waiting to do the right time? Are they? Did they get a bass player thinking they need him, and then not need him? How funny would that be if uh, Mikey got hired and then they just broke up? That would have been fucking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, not really, but... I didn't play any shows. He didn't record anything, but he got put in Weezer. Yep. Okay. I mean, that's where he's at right now. Yeah. I, I, I mean, as of this episode, that is where he's at. He's, he's played, played two, a couple shows. Two Rivers Cuomo's band shows and two Goat Punishment shows. Yeah, he's not played a Weezer show. Um, he may have at this point recorded we, we need to check out when his oh, first yeah. recording was because be uh, they do a pixies covers comp true um we'll just writing for green yeah we'll, we'll be doing that okay um well and we got one more episode in this chapter as well we got the wrap-up we got the b-sides we got some bullshittery to get through um i've got a surprise song for you that week that i think is going to be a lot of fun and you're going to hate me for it but oh geez i'm, I'm very excited this. oh wait you said surprise song, and I was like, I should play some Limp Biscuit. Totally skipped that. Oh. <laughs> One of the whole reasons we picked Placebo. Okay, so Placebo has a section in their Wikipedia page. This is how you end on a high note yeah, with the Limp Biscuit. Feud with Limp Biscuit. Feud with Limp Biscuit. So apparently, uh, Fred Durst was emceeing an event, uh, a festival, I believe. And he got into like a little spat with the lead singer of uh, Placebo, who was, was just, just kind of standing on the side stage. Yeah, side right? stage where you know all the if you're playing, that's where they go. Fred Durst decided since he had a microphone just to get the crowd to start chanting "Placebo sucks, Placebo sucks" right before Placebo went on. And I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. A year later, he did the exact same thing to him because they were playing the same show. And then he did it again two years after that. And the guy from Placebo's just like, uh, in an interview, he was like, what's with the feud? He's like, I don't know. Fred Durst keeps bringing all the negativity. It's not me. And I'm like, negativity? That's hilarious. Right? I mean, like, <laughs> that's kind of a dick move if oh, you're just, that. you know, being a dick to other bands that are on the same bill as you. I need to know, um, I, I need to know what the argument was that started it. I hope it was something like super fucking inane. But still, I hope it was the guy from Placebo that was like mad about something stupid. And Fred was like, oh man, fuck this. Yeah. Okay. Wow. But, you know, it is Fred Durst. He could have, he could have started the whole thing. That's right. it. That, that is where we leave Weezer with a Limp Biscuit story. Yep. Okay. Good. I mean, we'll, we'll be back next time. Uh, we're going to hit some Pinkerton B sides. We're going to hit uh, some other, you know, songs probably from this cycle or things related. Who knows? We'll get into it. Um, Bill, anything else you got before we get out of here today? No, that'll do it. Uh, check us out on our socials. Well, that bump will play at the end of this, but we, we're doing them full speed right now. Uh, yeah, and to anyone that's uh, been listening so far and been interacting with us on our socials, uh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you guys with us. Um, and so just before we get out of here, Bill, you Weezer fan? 
Yeah. 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 Uh, Bill, where can people find us? You can check us out on Twitter or X at A-Y-A-W-F pod or just search Are You a Weezer Fan? And we are on TikTok and Instagram at Are You a Weezer Fan? All right. Uh, yeah, and don't forget, you can also find us on Patreon. That link is going to be in the description if you want to uh, support us and get some fun bonus content where we listen to pretty much exclusively non-Weezer music. Uh, we still talk about Weezer, though. It happens. Um, yeah, we'll see you next time.